great Scott. Are you a sports fan who loves to have a good laugh? Oh, yeah. Then you're in the right place. I'm going to make him an offer again. Life moves pretty fast. Welcome to the Man Cave Chronicles. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining me on another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I am your host, Elias. And you can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at the MCC Podcast and on Facebook at the Man Cave Chronicles. This week, I had the pleasure of talking to actress-comedian Lucy Pohl. She's best known for the voice of Mercy on Overwatch. She's appeared on numerous films and TV shows. She's also fluent in German, Greek, and French. The wonderful Lucy Pohl. Lucy, welcome to the cave. Hi, thank you for having me. Very exciting. How are things with you? What's new with you? <laughs> oh my God, so much is new. So many good things. I just um, got back from Abu Dhabi, uh, GamesCon Abu Dhabi, where I was uh, a guest. And that was pretty wild and amazing. I signed somebody's face. Oh, wow. And they also took us to the desert. So that was cool. And um, yeah, I have a few voices on Red Dead Redemption 2 which is exciting as well. And then I'm working on a few new projects and I'm doing uh, like work in progress show, live show, comedy show tomorrow night. And I've got my stand up, my monthly stand up show happening next week. So lots of stuff going on. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I know the listeners are going to know you from Overwatch and we'll talk about that also. But uh, really quick, uh, where are you originally from? I was born in Germany, and we moved over to the States when I was eight to New York City. So I grew up in Manhattan. Uh, but before that, we lived in Hamburg in Germany, and that's where I was born. What, uh, what made your parents move to the U.S.? My parents are artists, and I think they always just dreamt of, uh, you know, living in a, in a different place and giving their kids kind of that experience of being multilingual and kind of cosmopolitan, I guess. And, um, you know, New York is kind of like a hub for artists from all around the world, I guess. So it was kind of their dream to come here. And they, um, my, my dad wrote a few plays that were very, very successful. And um, so they had a little bit of money and they thought they would just come here for like six months to a year and then go back and then they never left. It's <laughs> hmm. interesting. So how did you become fluent in Greek and French? And the only reason I'm asking this question is because I'm fluent in Greek. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, why are you fluent in Greek? I'm actually Greek. Oh, okay. Yeah. From where? I am now from, I am from uh, two parts of Greece. My dad is from Sparta, a little village outside oh, wow. of Sparta, and my mom is from Kalamata. Yeah. Oh, Orea. Yeah. Um, I speak Greek because I was with a Greek man for a long time. Okay. And so he was from Rhodes, from the island of Rhodes, and we would spend a lot of time there. And I tried to live there for a while, too, in my early, early 20s. Um, that didn't work. But then we ended up, you know, living in New York together. But, uh, yeah, so I, I spent a lot of time there, and I really wanted to get into the language. And I taught myself to read and write, which I was very, very proud of. And, uh, and that's how that happened. And then French, I just had in, in like middle and high school. Hmm. So interesting. So what made you pursue acting? Well, not even just acting, acting, comedy. 
I come from a family of performers and actors, writers, so I kind of grew up in that world, and I always knew that that's what I wanted to do. Um, so I, yeah, I never had a doubt in my mind. I always knew that was what I wanted. Uh, my mom told me when I was like four, I told her I'd either be an actor or somebody who wakes people up by slapping them in the face with wet washcloths. So. Oh. I always say I think I did the world a favor by becoming an actor. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess it was because I grew up in that world, and I just always felt almost more comfortable on stage than in real life. So um, so there was no, never a doubt in my mind, I think, that the thing that did happen to me later on, though, was that I kind of had to figure out what it meant to me and, and how – how passionate I was because, you know, it is, you do have to give it your all and, and there's a lot of rejection. And so you, at one point or another, you kind of find out, you know, how much it actually means to you. And if you don't quit when uh, things aren't going well, then you know that it's really something that you have to do and you're passionate about. So I did kind of have that experience as I became an adult. Um, since, you know, I had grown up in the world, it was kind of second nature to me and then I had to kind of rediscover it for myself I think as an adult and what made you try uh, stand-up comedy comedy was always a thing that also came very naturally to me I always um, made people laugh and when I was about six or five or six I would like dress up in my dad's clothes and impersonate Helmut Kohl who was the chancellor of Germany at this at that time and um I would get mad when people would laugh because I was so serious, which <laughs> made people laugh even more. And I think um, as I became, I was kind of a tom tomboy uh, as a kid, but as I became more feminine, um, I kind of thought that being an actor meant that you had to be serious and kind of fit into this like male uh, vision of what, you know, femininity means. So I kind of like suppressed the, the comedy for a while and didn't really explore it. And then I started writing my own shows um, and I started doing sketch comedy in New York uh, with uh, a friend, Katiana Gertz and, or Katya Gertz. And um, I started realizing that that's something that I had been really missing. And then when I started writing my own shows, people would laugh and I'd be like, this is funny. I didn't realize this is funny. <laughs> and so I kind of, yeah, return to it and realize that that's really who I am. Who are like some of your favorites in the comedy world? Well, you know, the obvious ones, Robin Williams has always been a huge inspiration to me. And I've always felt very like kindred to his energy and his spirit. Um, Whoopi Goldberg, Lily Tomlin, Lucille Ball, Steve Martin, Billy Crystal, you know, the current ones that I love are like Ali Wong and, uh, God, there's so many, uh, Tom Rhodes is a good friend and I love his comedy and, um, but there's, there's so many great, uh, comics out there right now. And then obviously the, the OGs, you know, yeah. Whoopi Goldberg, Lily Tomlin, Lucille Ball, those women, you know, or Joan Rivers, you know, they're obviously idols because they really broke barriers and, and smashed those ceilings and, and, um, were kind of pioneers, you know, especially Whoopi Goldberg for me is, is a big, someone I really look up to because she, she started out doing character comedy and then, you know, obviously she did 
comedic acting, but also very serious dramas. And and she, her career has been amazing. And I think she um, has been able to, you know, really work on amazing projects with amazing people and keep her integrity. <laughs> so I really love her. She's she's definitely a huge inspiration. I love John Leguizamo. I love his work. God, I could talk about comics for hours. <laughs> Monty Python, huge inspiration to me. I grew up watching. I love, all the Monty I love how you mentioned all the old schools. Like, cause like I'm a huge Steve Martin fan. Yeah, I and, love Steve Martin and like, so much. Like some like when I was younger, me and my brother would rent on VHS like Dirty Rotten Scoundrels or My Blue Heaven. Or, yeah, or, you know, so good. There was the classics. Yeah, uh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, especially because you know all those guys and girls, um, you know, wrote their own. Uh, material and and went on to write their own movies and and went on to write you know uh, films or pieces that are so iconic and really like shaped our um, our comedy world. So you know it's more than just the fact that they're funny on screen or on stage. They I always love what Steve Martin has that quote where he says for the fact that I started with a blank piece of paper, I'm not doing so bad. <laughs> and I love that. <laughs> so true. But yeah, he's, I mean, I love Steve Martin so much. I love all his books. I have all his, all his stand-up specials on LP. I have them on record. I listen to uh, them all the time. Uh, so yeah. My uncle has a, one of his stand-ups and the cover, he's like the banjo player, but he's like back from this, was it seventies, eighties? When he did a stand-up? Yeah. Uh, I think you're talking about. I'm, I can't remember the name of the album. Yeah, it might have been that one. Yeah. So well, I have that. So you've done a lot of voiceover. Really quick, tell mm -hmm. the listeners what Overwatch is about. Then I have some questions written down about Overwatch. What, what the game is about. Yeah. It's a first-person sh person shooter game, and it's about um, a group of heroes uh, who more or less uh, came together to save the world um, and from, like, Omnic War. And uh, so a group of heroes from all over the world uh, who had specialties, certain specialties, came together to, to save the world um and so there's you know overwatch which is which is the group of heroes and then there's the um like black watch and kind of the more sinister characters but my character mercy is um was a me medical doctor and uh joined overwatch because her parents were killed in the war and she wanted to uh you know spread her belief and message of pacifism and love and empathy and she wanted to use her skills in the medicine field to help others and so she heals and resurrects um other players there's also you can also play her as battle mercy um, where she shoots people but her main skill she's a support character and she she heals and resurrects characters and now this game is pretty big, you know, 40, 40 million players. Yeah, all over, all over. That's, I think at least, pretty yeah, over 40 million. Wow. Yeah, it's huge. <laughs> yeah. So uh, how do you prepare for a role like that for voiceover? 
Uh, well, luckily, I didn't know how big the game was going to be when I got the part. I think that would really would have like freaked me out. <laughs> so I'm glad I I um I didn't know how big the game was going to be, or you know how big of a project it was. I, I wasn't really a gamer ever. I, I mean, I played like I had a Game Boy and I played Tetris and like I played like Sonic on my Sega. But I wasn't like a huge gamer, so when I got the the part, I didn't actually realize that it was huge. Um, and so, how do you prepare for that? I mean, you know, I auditioned for it, and there was two rounds of audition. So they, you know, really made sure they they got the person that they felt was right for the the part, which is always great when you work with people that are amazing and just so great at what they do, like Andrea Toy is the casting director and director for most of the Blizzard games, and Michael Chu, the head writer for Overwatch, and all the people on the that work on Overwatch. Um, they're obviously so good at what they do. And so that's always a real gift when you get to work on something with people that are so great at what they do, because that means that they, if they hire you, they hire you because they know you're right for what they want you to um do uh so you know that's that's kind of like 50 percent of the work is already done in a way um and then it just is down to you know playing with it and finding the levels and making it personal and and finding the tone of it so um i don't think that i had to i wouldn't say that i had a lot of preparation it was more you know um something they liked something about my voice and then it was about finding the intensity of the accents and the kind of the pitch of the voice and and um playing with that but um but it was really their doing finding my voice that they knew would be right for the character you know how often do you record uh like updated voice for the game um, hmm. well, a few times a year, I can't really say because it's not, you know, there's no like set schedule. It's yeah. like if there's an update or a new event or, you know, something that needs to be added, then they'll have us come in. But there's no set set kind of amount of times we go in per year or per month. Now, you said earlier that uh, you just signed somebody's face. Was that like in a Comic Con or something for the game? <laughs> Yeah, that was at GamesCon in Abu Dhabi, okay. uh, where you know fans come to to take pictures and say hi and meet me and get autographs and stuff like that. And this one guy was like, "Can you sign my face?" And I was like, "Why? <laughs> Seems like such a waste. Um, surely you're gonna wash that face, right? <laughs> I hope." But he really wanted me to sign his face, so I thought, "All right, you know, it's his face, it's his autograph, and if he wants it on his face, I guess I'll do it. It's not." like um a naughty place <laughs> that he was asking me to sign so i thought fine i signed a baby in vegas so huh. interesting yeah so why uh, do you enjoy meeting the fans because of the, the video game i love meeting the fans yeah meeting the fans has been one of the most amazing experiences about working on this game or being a part of this game um i've met so many people this past year all over the country all over the world and, you know, everybody, every person obviously is a unique individual with a unique story and a unique energy. And um, it's been really wonderful to meet 
so many people that are so touched by the game and that, you know, find so much meaning in, in something that I'm a part of. That's really why we do what we do as, I think, artists or actors. Or, you know, you want to touch people and, and you want to do something that brings joy to them or makes them think or makes them laugh or something. Um, and to be part of something that is so meaningful to so many people and brings so much joy to so many people. And, you know, in some cases, um, it goes beyond just joy. You know, I, I meet a lot of people that tell me that the game got them through a depression or, you know, dark times or that they've met a lot of friends playing the game where they didn't have friends prior to that and, you know, things like that. So, um, it's really special to, to be in that position where people come and, and are so kind and are excited to meet you and are full of love. It's really awesome. Tell us a little about Red Dead uh, Redemption. It was a, that game was hyped for like over a year and it finally released a, Two weeks ago? The, no, they released it like a few days ago. Yeah. Um, I can't say. It's like really their um, NDAs are really intense. So I really can't say anything except the fact that I'm in it. I'm not one of the major characters. I did a bunch of voices and, and that's all I can say about it. Yeah. But it's, I'm sure it's an awesome game and <laughs> and I think people are having fun with it. So you've done acting, comedy, and voice. What do you, what's your favorite? Oh, it's hard to say. They're all very different. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, I'll, I'll always love live performance. I really love uh, performing in front of live audiences just because there's something about the energy in the room and, you know, getting that instant reaction and the thrill of it that I really, really love. But I love doing film. I love doing TV. I love being in the recording studio. It's a totally different type of work so i can't really say what my favorite is it's it's you know i think what i love about my job is that there's so much variety and i get to kind of do so many different kinds of kinds of things so that's a real blessing i think that um it's not just one thing but yeah i can't really pick my favorite i I love all of it what are you looking forward to for 2018 slash 2019 do you have like an ultimate goal that you're trying to hit Oh, um, well, I'm, I'm trying to uh, finish writing a book um, that I started writing. And I've been traveling so much this year to so many like fan events and doing my comedy shows in so many different places that I'm kind of looking forward to just being in one place for like a few weeks uh, at a time and, and writing more. And uh, that's what I'm looking forward to. It's a little bit of a like, um, yeah, it's, it's a, not a very exciting answer, but I've been traveling so much this year that I'm just kind of looking forward to, um, zenning out a little bit on my own project. There you go. So what's a, what's a one fun fact about you that you want the listeners and the fans to know? One fun fact. I don't like onions. I love David Hasselhoff and I am five one, but I feel like I'm nine <laughs> so you said you like david hasselhoff is it because uh he he's like elvis in germany yeah maybe yeah. um i don't know about elvis <laughs> elvis might not 
be okay with that yeah. comparison. But um, I was a huge David Hasselhoff fan before we moved to the States. And um, back then, my parents slept in, in like my what was my room. Like there was a futon. They would roll it out at night, and then I would sleep in my uh, in my sister's room. We had like a big bed in there. And um, I hung up a poster of David Hasselhoff one day in my room, and my mom was like, "I'm you got to take that down. I'm not sleeping." under a David Hasselhoff poster, or as she said, I'm not sleeping under that pervert's face. I don't know why she said he was a pervert, but maybe because he was like 40 and all these little kids loved him. But anyway, I was like, no, and that's not fair. And it's my room and I want to hang up the poster. And she was like, you're not going to like him in like two years. You're not going to like him anymore anyway. Or maybe she said like two months. And in that moment, and to me, like the like, sky turned black and there was like thunder and lightning and my eyes turned all maniacal and I just stared at her and I said I will love David Hasselhoff forever (laughs) um and so I kind of love him now forever just despite my mother (laughs) did you ever see him in concert I did when I was six yeah I saw him in concert live in Hamburg when I was six years old and I actually met um one of my best friends who i met when i was like 18 we realized we were both at that concert as six-year-olds um and we didn't know each other (laughs) but yeah all right uh lastly uh is there any other projects you want to tell the listeners before we end this so there's some stuff i can't talk about but um yeah there's a bunch of stuff i can't talk about but Please look out for my live comedy shows that are coming to cities near you. I'll be in Orlando in December for Holiday Missouri meeting fans. If anybody from Florida is listening and wants to come say hi. And I have some TV stuff coming out in 2019 that I can't um, talk about specifically now. And yeah, hopefully I'll be I'll have my book finished. So lots of exciting stuff. All right. And how can the listeners find you on social media? So you can find me on Instagram. It's you love Lucy, the letter U, and then love Lucy L U C I E. On Twitter, it's Lucy Pole Comedy L U C I E P O H L Comedy. And on Facebook, I think it's the Real Lucy Pole or something like that. But yeah, that's how you guys can find me. Follow me. Check me out. Uh, come say hi if you're in a city where I'm, you know, doing the meet and greets or doing a show. And I'll always post about my shows and my uh, personal appearances on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. So, yeah, give right. me a follow. All right. I want to thank you for coming on. This was fun. Thank you so much. Yeah, great, great chat. Thanks so much.